I can just imagine him in a meeting. You know, yes, this is the contract I've been waiting for. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Jerry. And he signs his name, and then he stands up and he says, I'm going to go ahead and have the surgery now. You can't turn the football over 17 times and think you're going to win a game. Can't do it. Won't do it. Cole, I appreciate everything you did for the Dallas Cowboys. Cole, go get your money. <laughs> I mess up his name. I can't even get this. That's a kitty. That's a kitty. That's a kitty. But at the same time, oh, we're going to shackle them in? We're going to take over? <laughs> you are not Diana Prince. This is not Themyscira. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. You'll never see me coming. Question. Do the Dallas Cowboys know the definition of must win? Do the Dallas Cowboy coaching staff know the definition of must win? win let me give you the definition of must win in layman's terms cannot afford to lose or it's over ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and every intelligent biped on planet earth it is over for those Dallas Cowboys. Welcome to this very special Christmas edition of this sick show. It's your boy, the man, the myth, the hashtag legend in my own mind, Big Day. Talking not only sports, but news of all kinds. This episode of this sick show is being brought to you by Cotabaz. Feeling stress, feeling disappointed, discouraged, disgruntled, disconnected, discombobulated, just disenfranchised. Well, you're not alone. Stress, when it comes to following the Dallas Cowboys, is an unpleasant part of life. So, called Cotapaz. Cotapaz is committed to providing individuals, groups, ministries, and businesses with great space solutions. Visit Cotapaz.org today. K-A-T-A-P-A-U-S-C.org today and discover real solutions for life. Also, welcome to those listening and checking us out for the first time on this sick podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Them dang disastrous Dallas Cowboys have done it again. They go into Philadelphia and they lose to the Philadelphia Uggles. And they lose ugly against the Uggles. Six to seven drop passes. Ezekiel Elliott can't get more than what, 60-some yards, if that. 
Dak Prescott threw for 200 and I think 52 yards. I'm just going off the top of my head. I'm not even pulling up the stats. I watched the game. 252 yards with no touchdowns. Where is Amari Cooper on the final play of the game? He's your number one receiver and he's not on the freaking field. You're throwing the ball into double coverage. And let me just say, the Eagles cornerback on that last play of the game against Michael Gallup, he did his job. And he was the fourth string cornerback. He came out there and did his job. He turned at the right moment. He got his hands out there because it would have been probably a touchdown or it probably wouldn't have been a touchdown because the simple fact of the matter is that the Dallas Cowboys receivers couldn't catch a John Brown thing. Dak Prescott couldn't even hit the ocean if he was in a boat throwing the football across the ocean. He couldn't even make it in the ocean. It was ridiculous. How do you come off of a huge win against the Los Angeles Rams who were a potential playoff team? You win big against them and we were like, where in the heck has this been all season long? The Cowboys looked like they were going to win the division. Win and you're in. Now here's the sad thing about the NFC least. In the NFC least, if the Eagles lose to the Giants, in this week 17 game and the Cowboys win against the Redskins the Cowboys win the division because they beat the Eagles first but if the Eagles win against the Giants it doesn't matter Katie bar the door it doesn't matter if Dallas finishes 8-8 eight and eight. it just don't matter because the Eagles will be 9-7, and seven, the Dallas will be 8-8, eight and eight, and all she wrote, it's over. Look, 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 look. I know I'm probably speaking for the majority of the Cowboys fans. And I told you, I told you three games ago, don't let that fool you with the Dallas Cowboys win. Not three games ago, but the last game against the Rams, I said, don't let it fool you. We have not seen the Cowboys be able to beat any team over 500 this whole season. They got one win against an over 500 appointment, uh, uh, um, uh, what you call it, and opponent. They got one win. And that was against the Rams. And don't forget, earlier in the season, we got beat by the Jets. Yes, the J-E-T-S football Jets. That in itself told me we were in trouble. Here's the great thing about having podcasts because I'm going to go back and I'm going to research when I said all of this and I'm going to put up all those shows that you missed so you can say, yeah, Big Day was right. And the whole point is, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to be optimistic about the situation. 
But there is no way, and I mean no way, that the Cowboys are going to win even a playoff game if they make it to the playoffs. No way they're going to win a Super Bowl. There is no chance. It's like a, you know what my grandfather used to say, you got more chance than a snowball has in hell. If, if you've ever had a snowball in your hand and you put it next to fire, it'll melt right out of your hand. Well, that's the Dallas Cowboys chances right now. It's just not going to happen. Now, blow up the team. Blow up the coaching staff. Get rid of Jason Garrett, please. Please get rid of him. Get rid of Kellen Moore. And let's start over Dallas Cowboys. I just can't believe that Jason Garrett is still here at this particular moment. Now, by the time that this show goes on the air, which is on the air Monday through Friday on the 11s and 5s, by the time this show reaches the air, Jason Garrett might be fired. But if he isn't fired, if he loses this game, he's gone. It doesn't even matter anymore. Jason Garrett is a dead man walking. Dead man walking. How many of you ever seen that movie, The Green Mile? Walking the mile, walking the mile, walking the green mile, walking the mile, sitting in the chair, sitting in the chair, roll on one, roll on one. That's Jason Garrett right now. Walking the Green Mile. Dallas Cowboy fans, stop with your delusions about the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl this year, especially. But start looking forward to next two years from now. I'm not even going to say next year. We got to find a head coach. We got to find a coach who knows what they are doing, who knows how to manage a game, who knows how to adjust in mid-game situations. Jason Garrett is too old school. You have to reinvent yourselves. You have to keep up with what's going on in the NFL. You gotta keep up with the technologies. You gotta be able to keep up with the play calling and and making the adjustments on the fly. You gotta think faster than you used to. And when you've come to a point that you can't think faster and make those adjustments, it's time for you to bow out gracefully. Yes, thank you for the last 10 years. Yes, thank you for the last 10 years of mediocrity, Jason Garrett. We so appreciate being mediocre when we're supposed to be America's team. Thank you. Now, like I tell my kids, 
Blown then. Blown somewhere. Go coach somewhere else. Go coach a high school team. Let your philosophy ring in their ears. Go coach a college team. Maybe that'll get you up to speed on what you need to do in the NFL. Now, I know some of you probably saying, well, how can you just say stuff like that and and you, you've never played NFL football? No, I've never played NFL football. Matter of fact, I've never played organized football. But I did play organized basketball. I did get a scholarship and go to college. So I know what it's like to be on the team. I know what it's like to be coached. And I know what it's like when the coach loses the locker room. And Jason Garrett has lost the locker room. So if I can sit up here and tell you what's going to play, what play they're running, and who's going to get the ball, what do you think that the players on the field see? They've already scouted you. They know that this offense is so vanilla. Throw some, throw some strawberries in there. Mix it up a little bit. Change the color of the operation. Put three men in the backfield if you have to. Throw them off. Do something for gosh sakes other than what you've been doing for the last 10 years. See, I got to get all of this off my chest now because I will not be talking about the Dallas Cowboys on this show for the rest of this season. During the offseason, I ain't even going to talk about it. If I talk about it, I'm going to say somebody got their money or somebody else was released. And speaking of getting your money, that you should have got your money early like Zeke did and like Cole Beasley did when he went to the Buffalo Bill. He went and got his money. You looking at 40 million? It ain't gonna happen, bro. Not now. And Amari, bro, you might even be gone, bro. It just does not look good for the Dallas Cowboys going forward from here. Alright. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl. Who made it and who didn't. We're going to talk about that when we come back right here on this six of the Dallas Cowboys special Christmas edition show. To this sick show. You can still take advantage of big deals and big savings, even though the holidays are over. Just go to our BGC Big Deals page and check out all of the offers by our affiliate designed to save you money. All from the station who knows about doing things big. We are the Big Game Christian Sports Network, also known as BGC Sports Dot net. 
Well, the Pro Bowl selections are in for 2020. And they did not disappoint, in my opinion. One noticeable person who was not on there was Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. And I was going to plead his case on this show about him being snubbed from the Pro Bowl. I, I, I'm not going to do that now. After that showing against the Uggles, no, you don't need to be in the Pro Bowl, Dak. I'm sorry. It, you, you can't. Look, if you're going to be the top, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, you've got to be able, and I know somewhere deep inside of you, you're capable of taking over a game even when everybody else is not doing their job. These are the things that Patrick Mahomes does. These are the things that Deshaun Watson does. These are the things that Lamar Jackson does. These are the things that 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 Aaron Rodgers does. These are the things Drew Brees does. They elevate their team and they take it to a whole nother level and they're able to just run rough shot over people most of the time that is something that Dak Prescott is going to have to get within himself and his arsenal going forward Dak is going to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys probably for the next at least three years I'm, I'm going to say that but we, we, we got to see that out of Dak but at the same time Dallas Cowboys receivers, man, y'all can't be dropping balls like that. You just can't do it. You got to help the man out. This dude was playing with a hurt AC joint in his shoulder, but he was doing his best to help the Cowboys win that game. And here's the thing. There's no backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Cooper Rush, no, no. Anyway, I said I was going to talk about the Pro Bowl. Now I got back on the Cowboys. See, I I really got a lot to say about Dallas putting themselves in this bad situation and just basically canceling Christmas for all of us Dallas Cowboys fans. Thank you for canceling Christmas, Dallas. I was looking forward to having a great Christmas. I was looking forward to sitting down on Christmas Day knowing that my Dallas Cowboys was going to be in the playoffs and sit down and watch some NBA basketball on Christmas Day in front of a 60-inch TV. Now, it's not going to happen. And we're going to fool around and have to watch the Uggles again. And they're going to fool around and make a playoff run and fool around and if they win another Super Bowl Jerry needs to fire himself but I digress NFL Pro Bowl selections are in let's go to the AFC in the offensive category these quarterbacks Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City Chiefs Deshaun Watson of Houston, Texas made the Pro Bowl does anybody 
Has anybody even questioned the fact that the GOAT, Tom Brady, is not on this list? What does that say about the New England Patriots that Tom Brady, who's been a pro bowler like for the last, what, 20 years? Didn't make it to the Pro Bowl this year. For all of you New England fans who say we're going to win another Super Bowl, it's, it's not going to happen. You got to deal with the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs. Those jokers are bad to the bone this year. And Baltimore has already beaten New England. Lamar Jackson has just turned the NFL on its ear. Lamar Jackson broke Michael Vick's single season rushing record. Lamar Jackson is the top quarterback in the league. Lamar Jackson is basically your MVP this year. Most valuable player. It's going to go to Lamar Jackson. It's between Lamar and Patrick Holmes. I'm just telling you right now, Lamar's going to get it. Write it down. Highlight it. Put it in writing somewhere. Or put it in your notes on your phone. Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP this year of the NFL. Now, for the running backs, Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, definitely, Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Ingram has had a great season this year. Great season this year. Turned it around after he left the New Orleans Saints, came to the Ravens, and with Lamar Jackson in the backfield, they are a tandem that they will deal with you. You won't be dealing with them. They will deal with you. Mark Ingram will run right over you. And of course, Lamar Jackson pushing the circle button every time somebody gets around him. Circle. 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 Is it still circle or is it square? I think it's circle on the PlayStation. Anyway. Can anything good come out of Cleveland? The debacling or the buckled Cleveland Browns. Well, one good thing came out of it was Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb goes to the Pro Bowl for the Cleveland Browns. And at fullback, you had one person. You have Patrick Ricard, also of the Baltimore Ravens. That's three. Let's go to the wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, of Houston, Texas. He's he's definitely in there. Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers. Jarvis Landry from the Cleveland Browns. Tyreek Hill, of course, from Kansas City. Can anything good come out of Cleveland? Jarvis Landry makes the Pro Bowl. Where is Odell Beckham Jr.? Oh. First, he was crying about, I don't want to be in Cleveland anymore. Now he's saying, I'm going to go ahead and stick it out. We shall see, young man. We shall see. 
at the tight end. Of course, you got Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chiefs, Mark Andrews, also of the Baltimore Ravens. That's five. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go back and count it. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Baltimore Ravens, uh, Mark Andrews at the tight end. That's three. Sorry, I gave you two extra ones. For the old line at the tackle, Ronnie Stanley, Baltimore Ravens, that's four. Laramie Tunsil of Houston, Trent Brown of the Oakland Raiders, and that guard, Marshall Yanda of the Baltimore Ravens, that's five. Quentin Nelson of the Colts, David DeCastro of the Steelers, and that center, Marquise Pouncey, Pittsburgh, and Rodney Hudson of the Oakland Raiders. Now, on defense in the AFC, defensive end, you got Joey Bosa. Definitely, he 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 should have made it to the Pro Bowl. Frank Clark of the Kansas City Chiefs, Kalis Campbell, Jacksonville Jaguars. The interior lineman, you've got Cameron Hayward of the Steelers, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, Geno Atkins of the Cincinnati Bengals. Outside linebacker, you got Von Miller. Von Miller's always there. Denver Broncos, T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Juden, Baltimore Ravens, that's six. Inside linebackers, Darius Leonard of the Colts, Dante Hightower of the Patriots. Cornerback, you've got Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots, Tredavious White of the Bills, Marcus Peters, Baltimore Ravens, that's seven. Marlon Humphrey, that's eight. Back to back. Free safety, Minka Fitzpatrick of the Steelers, Earl Thomas of the Baltimore Ravens. That's nine. And strong safety, Jamal Adams of the New York Jets. And on the special teams, you got the kicker, Justin Tucker from Baltimore. That's 10. Long snapper, Morgan Cox from the Ravens. That's 11. Punter, Brent Kern from Tennessee. Return specialist, McCall Hardman, uh, uh, Kansas City. And then you got special teamer, Matthew Slater of the New England Patriots. So in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens had 10 people to get into the Pro Bowl this year. What an amazing turnaround for those Baltimore Ravens. Now, let's get to the NFC real quickly because we're running out of time. Let's get to the NFC on offense. Quarterback, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks, Drew Brees. Of course, Drew Brees, the great Drew Brees, can be in consideration of the GOAT Part 2 or GOAT 2.0. Which one y'all want to go with? Drew Brees, bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. I'm looking at my producer over here He's just shaking his head like You got problems bro Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers of course Mama there go that man Let's look at the running backs Dalvin Cook from Minnesota who's had a Exceptional year Christian McCaffrey goes without saying With the Carolina Panthers 
Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I guess. At fullback, Kyle Juzak, San Francisco 49ers. Wide receivers, Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons. Michael Thomas of New Orleans Saints. Who set an all-time catches uh, per year record, receptions per year. Congratulations goes out to Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Excellent, excellent year for him. Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then tied in George Kittle, San Francisco 49ers, and Zach Ertz with the bruised ribs from the game against the Cowboys of the Philadelphia Eagles. At tackle, you got David Bacottery, Green Bay. Tyron Smith, Dallas Cowboys. Terrence Armstead, New Orleans. At guard, you got Zach Martin from the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon Brooks from Philadelphia. Brandon Schreff from Washington. At center, you got Jason Kelsey. Philadelphia, Travis Frederick from the Cowboys. In tight end, you got George Kittle. You got Zach Ertz from Philadelphia. And then on defense, defensive end, Cameron Jordan, New Orleans Saints, Nick Bosa, San Francisco 49ers, Daniel Hunter from the Vikings. Interior lineman, you got Aaron Donald from the Rams, Fletcher Cox from Philadelphia, Brady Jarrett from the Falcons, outside linebacker Chandler Jones from the Cardinals, Khalil Mack from Chicago, Shaquille Barrett from Tampa Bay. Also, you've got inside linebacker Bobby Wagner, Seattle Seahawks, Luke Ketchley from the Carolina Panthers, and a cornerback Marshawn Lattimore of the New Orleans Saints, Richard Sherman, San Francisco 49ers, Darius Slay from the Detroit Lions, Jalen Ramsey from the Rams, free safety, you've got Buda Baker. Mommy, Buddha Baker. I just love saying his name, Buddha Baker of the Arizona Cardinals. Eddie Jackson of the Chicago Bears, a strong safety. You got Harrison Smith of the Vikings and on special teams. Kicker, Will Lutz of the New Orleans Saints. Long snapper, Rick Lovato of Philadelphia. The punter, Tressway of Washington. Return specialist, Deontay Harris of New Orleans and uh, special teamer, Cordero Patterson of the Chicago Bears. That is your Pro Bowl selections for 2020. Now, can I ask you a question to all you listeners out there? Raise your hands if you're going to watch the Pro Bowl this year. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? 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 Nobody's watching the Pro Bowl. Nobody wants to see, you know what, the Pro Bowl should be flag football. Because people make too much money to get hurt and mess up their careers. I would pay to see flag football in the Pro Bowl. They can put on their jerseys. They don't have to put on the helmets. 
We get to see their faces, who they really are. Heck, they could put on bandanas with the team logos on it. Run out there in some shorts. They ain't got to put no pads on or nothing. And go play some flag football. I'm telling you, it would be better than the product that is being put on the field every year for the Pro Bowl, which absolutely sucks. And it, they shouldn't even have a Pro Bowl game. The Hall of Fame game to start the years is better than the Pro Bowl. That's just my opinion. And my take on it. But hey, who am I? Just some random guy talking about no pro bowl. Just like there was no quid pro quo. When we come back, I have no clue. What I'm going to talk about But I'm going to talk about something And you best believe it's going to be good So you don't want to miss it Right here on this special Christmas edition Of this Sick Show on on the BGC Sports Network for showtimes, upcoming live events and more, just go to our website at bgcsports.net check it out also check out our podcast that you can now listen to on anchor.fm, Spotify and uh, I think it's Bleaker and some more that we're on we're on a few of them but all you have to do is just click on the logo on the BGC Sport podcast page on our website and you can go back and listen to some of the shows that we've done even this show is being recorded now it will be available to you at all times so thank you very much for tuning in to the BGC Sports Network and this sick show now speaking of sick I know that the producers of the movie Cats are sick to their stomachs about the ratings Rotten Tomatoes has given Cats an 18% I don't know of a movie that has been that low in a while and I'm a movie buff. I, I love movies. Don't get me wrong. I, a lot of my takes are on movies. Like, you know, for because of uh, Coach Herman Boone passing away, Remember the Titans has been on my mind. And I've been walking around just blurting it out. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all 
night You make sure That they remember Forever The night that they played the Titans I'm a winner I'm going to win All of that I'm a movie buff I love movies Especially if they're great Movies But can I throw something out there And you know for all you upcoming producers Executive producers You uh, uh, I don't care if you're uh, Directors or, or key grips Whatever the heck you're going to be in the movies Somebody Has to be smart enough Not to release A movie when there are Nothing but blockbusters Coming out Like Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker Which has grossed Today And it just was released like last week 176 million dollars already This thing is going to be huge It's just like people who were trying to put out movies During Avengers Endgame They were lucky to get 20 million Lucky If that because everybody on the planet was looking forward to Endgame. It was going to be something that we never saw before. And it was something that we never saw before. The culmination of about 10, 11 years with Marvel. Starting with the Iron Man and going on down the list. Same thing with Star Wars. Star Wars has had, I don't even know how many episodes. Is this episode 9? Something like that It's I, I don't know what the episodes are But I do know this It's been a lot of them I was never a Star Wars fan I'm a Trekkie Love Star Trek I've always loved Star Trek Never really got into Star Wars Except for The Empire Strikes Back When Luke found out that Darth Vader Was his father That was like The hypest moment In movie history Luke I am your father Come to the dark side And Luke was like No And he got his arm chopped off That was A pivotal moment in Star Wars For me I, I like I like Han Solo Um, Who else did I like on there Oh of, of course Yoda Everyone Yoda likes Sure of I am Love Yoda Um, Couldn't stand C-3PO He got on my nerves but Star Wars has been around for a long time. And apparently the rise of Skywalker was the culmination of all these different years and episodes that Star Wars has been on. And I hear that it is pretty good. But why would you release a movie like Cats? Which took over... It, it, it took... 100 million dollars to make the movie 
but only grossed six million at the box office. Why would you put it out during the same time? And I know that you're looking at this Christmas and you're thinking this is a family feel. But why would you try to go up against Star Wars? That's insane to begin with. Number one. Number two. This cat's movie looks crazy creepy. Crazy. Creepy. Jennifer Hudson singing, Touch me in the morning. Looking like, I don't know what she looks like. She doesn't look like a cat. Maybe a lynx. Maybe a bobcat. Something like that. I don't know. But it looked creepy. Judy Dench is in this film as well. Reba uh, uh, Rebel. What's her name from Pitch Perfect? She's in this film as well. Jason Derulo was in this film. But I think the scariest thing about cats is is that they were using the, the special effects that they were using. It, it made them look creepy. It's not like Cats the Broadway play where you know they've got these prosthetic ears on and prosthetic tails and you know you know it's a human being portraying a cat they they leave stuff to the imagination but these cats were so anatomically correct it was spooky i will say this i will never look at a cat the same again just creepy and they, they, they put this thing out and people are <laughs> critics I should say are killing it and it, it really actually kind of makes me maybe want to go see it maybe maybe but then I know if I'm going to see it I'm going to be the one who's going to be disrupting the whole show because I'm going to sit in the very back row if I go and I'm going to have me two buckets of buttered popcorn with extra butter mind you one big large coke some raisinets to put in my popcorn one in one and some M&M's to put in the other one and I'm going to sit there by myself in this theater at the very back and at specific moments I'm just going to say just to see if I can get a reaction out of people y'all know I'm playing right I, I'm not going to see this movie and it doesn't do justice for what Cats has become from the noted author who made Cats to the stage play Cats it just doesn't look good it doesn't fare 
Think about this. Cats made $6.5 million in ticket sales. The movie cost $100 million. This is before accounting. A global accounting. This is before marketing and distribution fees. Which means that this film could end up being costing close to $200 million, y'all. And it's only grossed $6.5 million. So if you think about it, a movie stays out how long? Four weeks? Maybe five if it's a very good movie. So if they made 6.5 in the in the one week, well let's just say the 6.5 for the next six point. Let's just round it off seven times four. That's 28 million dollars. That cats will possibly make and probably owe 200 million dollars when it's all said and done. For those of you who are not accounting buffs, that means that you're operating in the red and basically nobody gets paid. Because the studio is going to get their money back. Some way, somehow, it's going to get it back. They're going to go ahead and release it early on uh, Blu-ray, DVD, or have it streaming some way. Some way, somehow, the studio is going to get their money back. But going to see cats the way that it is now no and they just said they made some corrections as far as the special effects look 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 you should have made cats just like they made the Isle of Dogs Isle of Dogs and it was even a play on word because a words because Isle of Dogs basically they were saying I love dogs and that movie did great at the box office. I watched it when it came on HBO. And guess what? It was a pretty good darn movie. Now, we got to take into consideration that movies that don't good in the box office don't mean that they're bad movies. Like The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. And you know that famous song that they sang? Uh, uh... What is the song? I forget the name of it right now. It's at the top of me. I'm coming out or it's just me. This is me. That's what it is. And I like that song. I like the song. I, I That song really helped me like the movie even more. And a lot of people don't know that The Greatest Showman was based off of Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus. Which... Yeah, they had some Hollywood flair on it, but there were some things in there that you saw like, oh, I didn't know that that happened. So with the musical numbers that were in there, it was a pretty good movie, even though Rotten Tomatoes didn't give it a good go. I mean, I think it's got like a 40 some percent, but it was a pretty good movie. So I'm not saying that don't go see Cats. But it ain't looking too good right about now. And I can tell you within the first 25 minutes of a movie whether it's going to be worth watching or not. Actuality, you can tell within the first 10 minutes of a movie if it's going to be worth keeping that movie on.
So, as you all go through this holiday, go check out some movies. Just, just get away from home. Get, get rid of cabin fever if you're somewhere on the East Coast or you're in Canada or just somewhere where you're snowed in. And, and if the snow melts, you can get out. Go ahead and do that. But I want to thank everybody for listening to this very special Christmas edition of this sick show and this sick podcast. I want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I don't know if I'm going to do a New Year's show or not just yet, but when I get back from Christmas, depending on how the news breaks and the sports goes, if 45 is going to do something stupid, who knows? If Jason Garrett gets fired after Christmas, might do a show for the new year but in case I don't have a very very merry Christmas and a happy new year I'll see you next time for this sick <laughs>